like to welcome you to this ninth addition to our launch series. We've been taking a look at the early church. Um, the We find recorded in the book of Acts, and uh, I am looking forward to sharing um, one of my favorite episodes in the book of Acts with you today. In fact, it may be one of my favorite stories in all of the Bible. Um, I have entitled this part nine, um, Quick Response, because in this story, we're going to find um, a moment in Scripture when there was a quick response, um, not only by one person, but by two. And I want to look at both of the main characters in this episode, where um, the person who is reaching out and ministering and listening to God's voice, following him, um, his quick response to God's voice is matched with someone ready to hear the gospel and their desire and their open heart to also quickly respond to God's work in his life. Um, I love it when things work out well, don't you? When just things work out, uh, we, we notice these things because so often in life, things don't work out that well. Um, like when you head uh, to go get gas in the car and you notice that the gas prices went down by 10 cents a gallon or something overnight and you're like, oh, I was expecting it to be more expensive and yet you caught that perfect, um, perfect sweet spot on the gas price. Or um, I remember one time we had taken the family to uh, the state fair and you know when you're going out on an outing with the little kids and uh, you can just kind of plan, especially when they're little, you can plan and expect that things are going to go wrong. There's going to be, you know, a spill in the car. Someone's going to get car sick. Um, there's going to be whining. Someone's going to be hungry. Someone's got to go to the bathroom, um, you know, 10 minutes after everyone else went. You know, whatever it is, issues will take place. They'll be fighting. But we had this day at the state fair, and it, I don't know why it went so great, but Everybody got along. Nobody fought. Uh, you know, we just had a great time eating food and, you know, looking at attractions. And at the end of the night, it was so great. The kids got to go on some carnival rides. It just was perfect. It just worked out well. And again, we notice these things um, because so often they don't work out right. Um, I uh, can recall uh, times when I've been exercising and so many times it feels miserable. You get, you get your side ache, um, headache, whatever it is, you just feel kind of miserable. But sometimes your, your body just feels good and you seem like you can run or you can um, you know, do your exercise forever and you've got the energy and you can put a, you know, speed it up and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes it works out, but oftentimes it doesn't. Well, this is a passage of scripture in Acts chapter 8 that we're going to look at where things just worked amazing. Um, so let's read the story. We're going to read about 15 verses. We're starting in verse 26. Acts 8, 26. It says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. 
Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this, quote, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before his, his shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away, and who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth, end quote. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea." Isn't this just a great story of, of the gospel being declared and the person who's hearing it is quick to respond, quick to say yes to Jesus, has enough of an understanding to say, hey, here's some water. Can I be baptized? I want to identify with this new church, this church that God has raised up. It is the way we all hope it goes. And you know, you and I uh, have people in our lives that um, are yet to say yes to Jesus, are yet to open their hearts. And for some of you, you've been praying for that person for a long time. It seems like no matter what you say, no matter how you say it, no matter what kind of love you present to them, it just falls short. The heart is hardened. And it seems like all efforts for someone that you love and you're reaching out to, to say yes to Christ, just fall short. And so anyway, I want for us to learn from these two experiences, from these two guys in the story, both from Philip and from this Ethiopian. And I want to take a look at how they were responders to Christ. First, Philip, a quick response servant of Jesus. He was a quick response servant of Jesus. Um, you know, he was, as we read the story, it just seems like he was so in tune with what God was leading him in. He was so in tune to what the voice of the Holy Spirit was saying. I want to look at a few of these, um, you know, sentences and observe how God was speaking to Philip and how Philip was responding to it. Um, first, we find here that he was so in tune with the Holy Spirit. In verse 26, it tells us that, um, that an angel speaks to Philip. It says, now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, arise and go toward the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Boy, can you imagine if an angel showed up and was giving you step-by-step -step instructions? Um, boy, that would be quite an experience. And this is what Philip was experiencing. He was experiencing an angel literally leading practically by the hand as to what he was supposed to do. 
Verse 29 tells us that the Holy Spirit spoke clearly that told him to walk beside the carriage. It says um, in verse 29, Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. Um, so that we've got angels speaking to him. Now we've got the voice of the Holy Spirit guiding him. And then it says here that um, Philip had used the gift of discernment in the Holy Spirit. And in verse 34, it says, The eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or some other man? He wanted some clarification as to what he was reading in the book of Isaiah. And then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at the scripture, preached Jesus to him. You see here, um, Philip had a handle, an understanding of the gospel, both from the Old Testament and, you know, the New Testament wasn't there for him yet, but he understood the gospel. He understood who Jesus was and what he had come to do well enough that he could um, discern for the sake of the eunuch exactly what the prophet Isaiah was talking about. So we find here that Philip was in tune with the Holy Spirit's leading. We also find that he not only was in tune, but he was quick to respond. He was obedient as the Holy Spirit, as the angel, was leading him. Um, verse 27 says um, that he arose and went. As soon as the angel said, go and speak, he arose and went. He was quick to respond. Um, verse 30 says that... that uh, the Spirit said to Philip, um, go near and overtake this, this chariot. And it says that Philip ran to him. He was quick. He went and he ran to overtake this chariot. And then toward the end of the story, after the um, eunuch had asked if he could be baptized, um, is there anything that would prevent me from being baptized? Philip was ready to baptize this new believer. He didn't have to wait and schedule it. He didn't have to check to see if it would fit into the church bulletin. He saw water. He knew that he was qualified as a believer in Christ. And this guy was hungry to be identifying with the body of Christ. And so they stopped the chariot. They went down and they baptized him in the name of Jesus. Incredible story. Um, I, I love it when evangelism, when outreach works like this. And again, I know it doesn't happen very often, but you know, the more we engage in, in evangelism, the more we're ready to give an answer for the hope that we have, the, 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 the more that we're ready to give a testimony of what Christ has done in our life, the better chance we have of this kind of uh, results in our outreach efforts. The more we do it. Sometimes it's going to be hard. Sometimes it's going to fall flat. But sometimes, sometimes you are going to hit that moment when someone's ready to say yes to Jesus. Um, I, that happened to me not too long ago, several months ago, three or four months ago. Um, there was a lady in our church that was concerned about her husband who was sick, um, probably dying from cancer. And she wanted someone to come and talk with him and pray with him. And when you know it, I came in, you just never know, you know, this man had lived 75 years on this earth, had um, rejected Christ most of his life, had, you know, not really wanted religion or anything like that. And, uh, but he was at this moment in his life where he was ready to say yes. Holy Spirit was involved. I just led him in a very, um, you know, gentle approach to understanding the gospel, talked to him about Jesus. And he said, I want to receive Jesus. I want to have what you have. I want to have what my wife has. And we prayed right there. And, you know, I left there going, man, that was a Philip and the eunuch kind of an experience because 
all of the components were there and the Holy Spirit was working in a marvelous way. And we love those kinds of moments. But uh, the, the, the call or the challenge is to look at Philip's quick response to the leading of the Holy Spirit. May you pray that. If, if you know Jesus as your Savior, would you wake up each and every morning and say, Lord, I'm ready to say yes to you. I'm ready to be led by your Holy Spirit. Give me a divine appointment. May you speak to me today. May I be ready to respond quickly to your leading. But I also want to take a look at this eunuch, this guy who um, had a quick response to the gospel as it came to him. And we're going to get some uh, pretty powerful understanding as we take a look at how God was working in this guy's life in this moment. Let's start off by uh, what is a eunuch? What is a eunuch? A eunuch is a man who at an early age in life and usually without his own consent went through a surgical procedure in which his male parts were surgically removed for the sake of performing a social function. This procedure would have significant hormonal consequences that would make a person significantly different than most men. Uh, it, it, was, it was a rough situation for a guy who was called a eunuch early in life. Um, they, they would be, he would be taken and he would have the surgical procedure that would alter him, that would uh, make him uh, less masculine, if you will. And why would a person do this? Why would a group of people do this to any one person? Well, this would have often would take place for the sake of the ruling government. They would want to have a group of servants that would be docile, if you will, that wouldn't uh, run a risk against the government, that would not try to overthrow the government. And so they would take uh, men and they would have this procedure done as they were younger so that they could have a greater assurance that that drive to conquer that drive to overthrow, that drive to accumulate and to um, you know, be in charge of oneself wouldn't be as strong. And so they would do this to these guys. Um, the eunuch would often be in close proximity to the king, would be a trusted servant, would be allowed into close quarters because they could trust that he wasn't probably going to rise up against them. Um, the there would also be a reason that uh, that these men would be treated in this way and such, you know, such a, a vital aspect of their life would be taken from them would be that if they would rebel in some way or uh, do something against the government, they would be able to easily discard them, drive them away, maybe even have them killed because there would be less family ties. They wouldn't be married. They wouldn't have children. They wouldn't have grandchildren. These would be guys that would be easily dispendable by the kingdom. Whenever I hear of stories like this or hear of philosophies like this, it really gets under my skin. When I hear of people taking something so vital, something so important away from another person, it really makes you mad. It really makes me mad. We, you know, we hear today of, of 
human trafficking where people are being stolen, people are selling their kids out of their own desperation for money to send them off into some sort of a trafficking situation. Um, you hear of guys who are so desperate to be accepted that they uh, come in and they get beaten into a gang and then they're in this gang and they can't escape. They're, their freedom is kind of lost as they got to do everything that the gang and the leadership of the gang want them to do. You hear of child abuse at so many different levels where people are, are taking innocence and taking things away from their kids. Um, slavery, genocide, persecution of the church and martyrdom, all of this stuff are examples of a group of people taking something away from an individual or from a group of people. And this stuff makes you so mad. So now that I've painted a pleasant picture of what this eunuch's life must have been like, I want for us to take a look at how amazing and loving God is toward this eunuch who's had so much taken from him. He, he has got no hope of having a family. He's got no hope of a, of a marital relationship. He's got no hope of having kids. He has been uh, destined for a life of servanthood. And in his case, he was a high up eunuch. He was one who was trusted. He was in close proximity to the queen in Ethiopia. And so he was trusted. It even said that he was in charge of the treasury. So this guy is, is, is not dumb. He is trusted. He's smart. He, um, he obviously has earned himself into a high place in the kingdom that he lived. And I want for us to take a look at where God chose to reveal himself to this guy in this very interesting situation in life. Verse 27 says that he was a smart man. It says, Behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who ha and he had charge of her treasury. So he was a smart and trusted man. Verse 27 and 28 reveal that he was a seeker of God. This eunuch, though so much had been stolen from him, and maybe because so much had been stolen from him, was a seeker of God. It says here that he was a worshiper. He was a reader. That he had not had a revelation of Jesus Christ, but he had been studying the Old Testament scriptures. And here he had a, um, a copy of the book of Isaiah. Now, I want you to understand something. This eunuch would have never been welcomed into the temple, the Jewish temple, to learn about the prophet Isaiah. Why? Because he would have been disqualified because of this physical disfigurement that he had gone through. He would have been considered unacceptable to enter into the temple. Um, he would have been disqualified because of what some other people had done to him. And God speaks in such loud and clear ways. He speaks to people that would be personable. I want for us to understand that he came to this eunuch in, in the most vulnerable, most intimate, most understanding way. Because that's the way the Holy Spirit works. He knows what each and every one of us are going through. He knows our hurts. He knows what's been taken from us. He knows our, where our temptation points are. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And, and it is evidenced here by the way God chose to meet with this eunuch. 
So this eunuch is reading this Old Testament passage of Scripture, and I want for us to take a look at how perfect this passage of Scripture. It's no confusion as to why this passage of Scripture speaks to the eunuch. Let's read it again. It says that he's reading in, in a book of Isaiah. It says, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away, and who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. This passage of scripture must have been speaking so clearly to this eunuch, to this guy who was going to have no kids, to this life who had so much taken from him when he was young. He had no say in the matter. He was just violated. He was stolen from, and he would have no descendants from him. And this passage of scripture is talking clearly about Jesus. Jesus can identify with this eunuch because Jesus clearly um, was led away to the slaughter. He's standing on trial. Um, there was He was silent before those who were mocking him and putting him in, on trial. And he was led away to the slaughter. And here this eunuch saying, who is this that we're talking about here? Because as for all he knew, he was, it was talking about him. It was talking about himself. And he said, who is this that we're talking about here? And this was an open door for Philip to say, well, it's not you it's talking about. It's Jesus. It's Jesus who he's talking about. And this guy would say, if that's Jesus, he can identify with me. Because he has felt the sorrow, he's felt the loss, he's felt the violation that he indeed had gone through. This Jesus can identify with even a eunuch. When we get a picture of what the enemy of our souls has done in our lives, what he's doing in our lives, what he's taken from us. Friends, you have things that have been taken from you. There's things that you have had stolen from you. And it's come at the hand of sin. Not, not only, not only this, your own sin, but the sin of people around you. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. We all have fallen victim from, in one way or another to sin. The Bible says that all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. And we come to this point at some point in our lives when we realize how distant we are from God and how things have been stolen from us. And we would do wise to realize that there is a God who understands this and has paid the price for us. And so as this eunuch is listening to Philip explain the whole story, and I love that it says here that Philip started in this this particular passage of scripture, he decided to start right at that point that was interesting, intriguing, and caught the attention of the eunuch. He started right there and began to explain the gospel. And this eunuch, as he's listening to this gospel, as he's listening to Philip preach, he's a quick responder and he sees water. More than likely, Philip had talked about Jesus at some point in this explanation. He got to the point where he says, and this Jesus was baptized. And this Jesus had uh, all kinds of people baptized. And he probably talked about John the Baptist. And he, he took notice of that and that that was a point of entry into the body of Christ. This is a moment that you declare faith in a public way. And this, this guy says, there's water. Can I be baptized? Is there anything that's keeping me from being baptized? And I want for you to think about a guy like a eunuch who's saying, is there anything that's keeping me from getting baptized?
because there was a major issue in his life that kept him from so much. He was like a slave in his own life. He was a slave to the commands of what everyone else wanted. And here he says, is there anything that's keeping me from getting baptized? And of course, the answer is no. There is nothing that is going to get in the way. There's no sin. There's no disfigurement. There's no loss in your life. There's nothing that can keep you from being a member of the family of God. Do you hear the excitement? Do you hear the urgency? Do you hear that thing that finally makes sense to an abused guy like this eunuch? Something that finally says God identifies with my plight. Do you see why he would want to identify with a family, with a, with a body of people? Because up to this point, he's always stood on the outside looking in. He's never been a decision maker. He's never been one of the family. He's just been a servant looking from the outside in. And here he gets this opportunity to identify with the family of God through baptism. So after Philip left, after Philip was snatched away, that's what the Bible says here. It says that Philip was literally snatched away by the Holy Spirit. It was a great disappearing act, apparently. And after he went away, it says that, the Philip, that, that this eunuch went away rejoicing because of his encounter with God. It's like the weight of the world was lifted off his shoulders. He finally could say, I identify and I'm a part of something. And I'm part of something with eternal, significant value. He went away rejoicing because things finally made sense. Everything had been confusing his whole life. And here we find that something finally makes sense. So as we conclude today, I want to ask a couple of questions. Are you inspired by Philip's sensitivity and obedience to God's voice and God's leading? Are you inspired that maybe the Holy Spirit wants to lead you, guide you into moments like this, moments where people discover life where people discover eternal life, where, where you've got the opportunity to explain the scriptures and you can start right at the point in where someone is at and you can see God work in you and through you. Are you inspired by the eunuch? Are you inspired by his hunger for God, his openness for God? Are you inspired that maybe, there are, maybe you can identify with him because of some loss in your life? Maybe you can say, I am like that guy and I have felt violated and I felt stolen from and I have felt like a victim. And friends, I want to tell you, you do not need to be a victim any longer. You can be a welcomed member of the body of Christ and you can carry the significance as a son and daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You don't have to stand around as some outside servant, but you get to be a part of being an heir in the kingdom of God. Like Philip, continue stretching your neck out to hear the Lord's leading in the area of ministry that he's calling you to. Like Philip, may boldness to obey the Lord immediately be yours. Like the eunuch, Become a worshiper and reader of the Word of God. Like the eunuch, be a quick responder when the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Like the eunuch, recognize the invitation to join the family of faith and initiate a relationship with Jesus Christ. And finally, like the eunuch, be a, rejo a rejoicer. Be a rejoicer. Be so thankful and excited because of your own encounter with God. 
There's a lot to learn out of this quick story where everything seems to go right because we we serve a God who wants to meet us right where we're at in the most challenging and difficult parts of our lives. Let's pray. Lord, this story is, is packed with your fingerprints, Lord. It is, you are all over this thing, oh Lord. You, um, you led Philip as a minister of the gospel right to a divine appointment, God, and you led him in the smallest of details as to how to reach out to this guy. Lord, you opened up a door, an opportunity to connect with a guy who was hurting and struggling and confused. And Lord, you led him by your Holy Spirit and gave him the words to say. Lord, we're in awe of that. And I pray for those who are watching here today who know you and love you and want to be used by you. God, that you would anoint them, that you would give them divine appointments, you would give them boldness, that we would be inspired by this episode in the very earliest church moments, God. And you want to have those moments today, too. I ask for your anointing upon them. But Lord, I know that there may be some here today that identify with the eunuch today. They identify, Lord, with uh, with someone who's lost everything or someone who's been violated, someone who's been stolen from, oh Lord. They realize the effects sin has had on their life and they realize their distance from you. And Lord God, there's a hunger inside of them to know the truth. There's a hunger inside of them to know you. And so God, today I pray that you would meet with them right now, right where they're at, that you would make yourself so clear, that you would make yourself so obvious to them that they couldn't help but to say, that's God and I want him. And I'm a part of the family of God as I say yes to them. Lord. So, Lord, I just pray that there would be this quick response in hearts today to accept you as Lord and Savior. And we say yes to you right now, Lord. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thanking you, Lord, that you were like a, a sheep led to the slaughter that paid for my sins on the cross, that I would be welcomed in and that I would be declared perfect. I would be declared holy. I would de- be declared sinless because of what you did on the cross. And Lord, as a result of that, I am accepted. What is to keep me, O Lord? What is to keep my friends here today from saying yes to you? Is there anything that would keep me from being baptized? Is there anything that would keep me from being welcomed into the body of Christ? And Lord, we thank you that your answer is nothing will keep you from me and from my love. In Jesus' name.